brought to you by the New Run Podcast Network. Welcome to the podcast. I hope it doesn't happen because that kangaroo would fucking annihilate Seamus. You feel like you've been given the most beautiful gift in the world. Well, that you didn't see. What up, everybody? Welcome to You Gonna Eat That Crust podcast show. I'm your host with the most on the ones and twos, Ryan Wilson. And with me tonight, the razor blade himself, my co-homie, my co-host, Seamus Rogers. Seamus, what's up, baby? What's up? Hello, listeners. How are you? Also with me tonight, the sweatpants overlord, follically challenged himself, ladies and gentlemen, Greg Hoey. Greg? Yo, what's good, son? Everything's good. What's up, everybody? How's everybody doing? You guys I'm talking to? I would say that we're doing ducky. And speaking of being ducky, Seamus, what is tonight's show all about? Predators. Fierce and vicious animals that prey upon others. And we're not talking about the vile ones that hang out in strange vans around schools. We're speaking of the more primal animals, the ones that hunt for survival or territory. On today's episode, we're going to bring you harrowing stories of animal attacks, some terrifying, others brutal, and some just lighthearted and funny. (laughs) (laughs) Shame us, though. (laughs) It's my favorite part of the whole show. (laughs) It's it's really all we got. Yeah, we didn't do oh. any actual animal attack stories. I thought you guys said you guys got the stories. I just had. Ah, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. I researched other stuff. <laughs> That's par for the course. Yes. If the idea of living in an apartment with more than 200 spiders and lizards sounds like something out of a horror movie, then imagine the terror of walking into an apartment only to find the occupant dead and the multitude of critters inside crawling all over his body. Yeah. This is what happened in Germany in 2004 for one Mark Vogel. It's actually Vogel. 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 One policeman described the scene as like a horror movie. Giant webs draped him. Spiders were all over him. They were coming out of his nose and out of his mouth. They said larger pieces of flesh torn off by the lizards were scooped and taken back to the webs of tarantulas and other bird-eating spiders. Vogel was reportedly described as a recluse, barely ever leaving his small house in Dartmouth. Perhaps understandably, his police likened it to a cross between a botanical garden and a butterfly breeding ground from Silence of the Lambs. The spider bite that killed him came from one of his favorite pets, a black widow named Bettina. The bite was roughly 15 times more potent than a rattlesnake's and more lethal than a cobra and coral snake venom. In addition to over 200 spiders, he also kept a boa constrictor, several other snakes, poisonous South American frogs, and a gecko named Helmut. Jesus, he was like Captain Faith. I'm glad he got himself a Darwin Award in the end. (laughs) 
He was believed to have been dead for between one to two weeks before police found him after neighbors reported a foul smell coming from Vogel's apartment. You know, he died doing what he loves. 200 <laughs> spiders, man. I, yeah. I see like one spider in my house and I got to get it. I'm sure he was happy at least that he di- when he did die that he could feed his animals or his pets. Absolutely. Goddamn, Bonita. They, they used him like like a hermit crab shell, actually. They, <laughs> they ate his innards and then just kind of used Ugh. his body as a shell. Like in the mist. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> in the time that he'd been dead, a tarantula had built a nest the size of a swallow's in one ceiling corner. Oh, I thought you were going to say inside of him. (laughs) (laughs) According to UPI, many of the cages and terrariums inside the apartment were left open, allowing the bizarre pets to roam free and gorge on Vogel's dead body. Alongside the spiders, snakes, and lizards that feasted on Vogel's corpse were several thousand termites. Jesus, man. Spiders (laughs) didn't eat them? Spiders don't eat termites? (laughs) They're like, we're having a party. Come on over. (laughs) We're eating our host. I would think they'd just, I would think all the termites would be cutting, getting caught up in the webs. I mean, what do they have? Like spider silk boots? They they just walk on (laughs) by. I I got got those in Bowler's Gate 3, by the way. They're called spider silk boots or something, so I don't get slowed down in the webbing. I saw uh, like a video. It was both. It was Frank Reynolds and both of the Gate Three, <laughs> and he's like, nice. he's, he's like interacting with all the characters. It was fucking great. Was he a gnome or a dwarf? <laughs> he was just himself. He was interacting with all of the characters. It was great. He's fucking. He was fucking one of the devils, <laughs> of course. or getting fucked by them. That's hot. It was very hot. Speaking of hot, Seamus, what you got, baby? Um, all right. So before I get to this, my first tale, I had some fun facts. Um, so there's you know, 11,000 sharks are killed every hour. Mm-hmm. Isn't that insane. It was crazy. Yes. Um, and mosquitoes are the deadliest creature to humankind. They kill around 1 million people every year. <laughs> Second place is snakes at roughly 100K. And surprisingly, there's dogs in third with 30K. Yes. <laughs> because most of those are attributed to rabies. Oh. Um, yeah, nobody's winning there. Uh, the, the foremost man eaters are lions, tigers, leopards, polar bears, and large crocodiles. Um, this is the crew of manhunters, basically. Sick. Oh. I killed a dog once. In Walking Dead's Telltale game. Oh, shit. Uh, it was very brutal. It was a very brutal. Oh. Killed more than one dog in Last of Us 2. It's true. But the, this one was friendly, and we were friends for like at least like two minutes. <laughs> hey, you fed him out of a tin can. Yeah, fed him, and then he turned on me very quickly. Yeah, well. All right. So on to my tale. It was Las Vegas, October 3rd, 2003. It was his 59th birthday at the Mirage Hotel. He had spent the night table hopping and dancing. It was at midnight that he raised a toast to his partner of 44 years, Siegfried Fischbacher. Siegfried was the light-haired one of the duo. Roy, the dark-haired one whose birthday it was, had been in great spirits. One of the jokes had been about his age and retirement. I'll retire only when I can't do it anymore, Roy shot back in his heavy German accent. Whoops, Ryan? 
I'll do it only when I can't retire anymore. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Let's remember that his job can be very dangerous and demanding. You know, he, this guy's swung from like 30 foot ropes above the live audience, you know, handling 600 pound tigers and shit. Yeah. After 30,000 perfectly timed shows with elephants, lions, tigers, cheetahs, and sharp beaked macaws, Siegfried and Roy had never had a serious mishap. Their act was seen by some 400,000 people each year and was a favorite pastime of Vegas. The lions and tigers were Roy's domain. He had a technique he called affectionate conditioning, raising tiger cubs from birth and sleeping with them until they were a year old. That's kind of, that's, that's weird. That's animal sex. You can't do that. All right. That's, and they're not even of age, tigers. Jesus. He's sick. He deserved it. Uh, when an animal gives you its trust, uh, R- Ryan, in German, please. When an animal gives you its trust, Roy had said, you feel like you have been given the most beautiful gift in the world. You feel like you've been given the mm, most beautiful gift in the world. What's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm, <laughs> I'm translating for the audience. I didn't, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't get... Give uh, Henry my my script beforehand. Uh, three three percent of our listener base is German guys. This is for them. <laughs> Wait, let's get canceled in Germany then. I guess <laughs> that's impossible. <laughs> All right, but on the night of October third, that trust was broken. Forty five minutes into the show, at about eight fifteen p.m., Roy let out Manticore, a seven year old white tiger born in Guadalajara, Mexico. Cool name. Manticorietas. The 380-pound kitty became distracted by someone in the crowd and broke his routine, straying toward the edge of the stage. With no barrier protecting the audience, Roy leapt to put himself between Manticore and the front row, only a few feet away. Oh, no. The tiger kept coming. Roy gave him a command to lie down. Lie down, yeah. <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh Manticore refused, gripping the trainer's right wrist with his paw. Yow <laughs> <laughs> he, he lost the chain around the tiger's neck, tried to grab for it but couldn't get it, says Tony Cohen, a Miami tourist who was sitting ten yards from the stage. With his free hand holding a wireless microphone, Roy r- tried repeatedly tapping Manticore on the head with the sound reverberating through the theater. Release, Roy commanded the tiger. Release! (laughs) Manticore relaxed his grip, but Roy had been straining to pull away and fell backward over the tiger's leg. In an instant, Manticore was on top of him, clamping his powerful jaws around Roy's neck. Now Siegfried, standing nearby, ran across the stage yelling, Fuck that! (laughs) No, no, no! But the tiger was resolute and dragged his master 30 feet off stage, literally like a rag doll, as another witness recalls. A couple hey, of, I'll say at least they get their money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what the people you know, you know, in Rome used to watch, right? Hey, honey, 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 we're making memories. <laughs> a couple of gasps went up the crowd, though many people thought the incident was part of the act. It wasn't like he grabbed him viciously, says audience member Andrew Cushman. He just grabbed him by the throat and walked off stage. Yeah, no bigs. Right. <laughs> it's a show's yeah, over. Yeah, you know, just picks us up by the nape of our neck like a kid. Uh, Siegfried would later later say that Roy had fallen ill from the effects of blood pressure pills. 
Manticore, he insisted, realized something was wrong, was only trying to protect Roy. However, animal behaviorists put little stock into that notion. They say it's more likely <laughs> that Manticore was on his way to delivering a killing bite, much as a tiger in the wild would bring down an antelope. They're predators, so who can really know what goes on in their minds, says Kay Rosera, who runs the Big Cat Encounter, a show near Sarasota, Florida. Even though they're raised in captivity and they love us, sometimes their natural instincts just take over. Whatever the case, horrified stagehands backstage sprayed the tiger with a fire extinguisher to get him to free Roy. When that failed, they beat the animal about the head with the butt end of the extinguisher. Manticore finally ran to his cage. The tiger, they later learned, had torn had torn Roy's jugular vein, barely missing the carotid, carotid artery. There was a lot of blood, reports dancer Mike Davies, a lot. Roy, still conscious, muttered, Don't shoot the cat! A crew member, ma- a crew member managed to temporarily stop the severe bleeding while cast members formed a prayer circle. Meanwhile, a trauma team assembled at University Medical Center, and as Roy labored to breathe, an ambulance screamed through the neon night. Before the story hit the papers, produce it. Producer Kenneth Feld had canceled the 13-year-old show, telling more than 200 cast members to look for other work. Siegfried and Roy, the most popular act in the history of Vegas, was over. Wait, wait. The prayer circle didn't work? I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be quicker than that. <laughs> it, it did work because he's alive. Oh, is he? Oh, oh he was. I mean, I thought the other one died. <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> <laughs> Not that night, but... Like, I think he died a few years ago, Siegfried. Oh, huh. I hmm. thought Roy was still Roy survived. You know, oh, he did. Yeah. Now we only buy tabby cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, what did he expect? Uh, yeah. Don't show just- weakness around big cats. I feel like you should just know going to this, this is not going to end well. Like anyone who does shit like like that. Owning black widows and 200 spiders and (laughs) and snakes and stuff in your house. (laughs) Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, Lessons learned, folks. All right, Greg, go ahead. I got a couple of quick, uh, smaller ones. Um, Just to start with this one, um, the legend, Steve Irwin. September 2006, during an underwater documentary for the Great Barrier Reef in Queensland, Australia, uh, he was struck with a stingray barb right through the chest. And, uh, you know, the crew kind of brought him up top, thought he was initially okay, but the the barb had pierced his lung. And Actually, no, I'm sorry. They thought it pierced his lung, but it was his heart. Uh, The shit was so crazy that they fucking destroyed the uh, video footage just for respect for his family. I didn't think we'd bring this one up, okay? I fucking love Steve Irwin. Everybody loves Steve Irwin. I mean, he was walking on the wild side, but I mean, obviously, he did like care for animals and stuff, and it was it was very sad. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so I love I, that guy. Yeah, everyone did. I mean, his his kids are still doing it, and his wife's still doing it. Do you not, mean Bindi? Not sexually. I mean, like they're doing the animal stuff. Well, Bindi had a baby, so there was sex, you know. <laughs> Who, who's Somewhere. Bindi? Fucking his daughter, Bindi Owen. Oh shit! <clears throat> Googling it. <laughs> is it is the child half crocodile? <laughs> it's all crocodile. <laughs> um, so R.I.P. Steve Irwin, like twenty yeah. years ago. Now let's respect the family. Oh, of course. Talk. 
I know we are. We've been pretty harsh already. I've already thought. Um, so respect to all these families. You know, never mind. Never mind what we're saying. I mean, from here on out, we're not going to say anything distasteful about the Irwin family. Not on this podcast. Never. Not on my watch. I give his family eight crusts. <laughs> well, seven because they're missing one person. <laughs> Just kidding. Edit that. Edit that. No way. That's the funniest thing you've said all night. Oh, shit. I wasn't. No. Okay. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Charlotte Nash, 55 years old, um, had her hands, eyes, lips, and nose bitten off in February 2009. Do you guys remember the story? No, the monkey. Brutal. Yeah. The 200-pound pet yeah. chimpanzee named Travis who was suffering from Lyme disease um, and he was taking meds for Lyme disease. And that kind of made him wig out. A well, that's bit. one theory, Greg. That's one right. theory. Yes. That's the theory I'm going with that Greg is sticking with. I think he was a gang member. Ooh. <laughs> Owned by friend Sandra Harold. She tried to fight off Travis, but could not. She tried to use a knife. <laughs> she she called the police, of course, and they ended up shooting Travis fucking several times. It's almost like, or the police ended up shooting Travis several times. It's almost like a terrifier in a way. Now it's like that scene in that. Ugh, that stupid ass. Nope. The movie. cowboy hat <laughs> spaceship movie. Ugh. Oh, shut. Oh my God. You guys, what is happening here? I can't believe you guys didn't like. Nope. I did like. Nope. It's just Thank me. You. Yeah, just him. Why do you hate? Yes, I feel like you're just like you're being, you're being difficult. I'm not being. I like. Look, I saw Get Out finally, and I loved it. Yeah. Okay. But Nope is no, no. There was nothing great about it. It was fucking middle of the lane. Best. It was great. It was entertaining. I I I just thought it was dumb. I really enjoyed it. I gave it at least seven crusts. I know you did. (laughs) Wasn't that? Giant cowboy hat came down and and started abducting Texans or whatever. That that was intense. That part was wicked intense. And and the chimp part was awesome, too. No, the chimp part was awesome. It still looked like a cowboy hat. And it's all an allegory for MAGA anyway, guys. (laughs) Do tell. Uh, You know, the the hat represents um, our rights being swallowed up, you know. A MAGA. <laughs> yeah, it's really deep, dude. That's not deep. <laughs> you know, we're not as manly as they used to be because most of us walk around without covered heads. <laughs> Back in the day, every, every man wore a hat, every respectable man. It's true. Fuck, I didn't even think of that. Uh, Rick and I saw that in theater. Nope, my old roommate. And it was like a packed theater. And I remember during that monkey scene when they bump fists, <laughs> me and Rick like laughed our ass off. And then they got like shot in the head. You're like, oh. What <laughs> <Shit>. movie? <laughs> nope. When like the, the boy and, and when like little Steve Ewan and fucking uh, the, the chimpanzee bump fucking fists before he gets shot in the head. Oh. Like it's all after it tears everyone around, like like you see his fist stick around, then they bump fists. Oh yeah, because the chimp sees him and he just holds his, his yeah. fist out to the yeah, they, yeah, and they bump fist. Yeah, we laughed hysterically in the movie theater. People were like, "These people <laughs> are insane." Uh, anything else you want to say about the chimpanzee? Nah, like towards towards the end of his life, all he did was watch TV. 
Travis? Travis? They fucking Travis. Travis. They fucking shot him. Yeah, I know, but like you know, they said he hadn't seemed like himself for the past Travis couple lived of years. too. Travis was watching TV all day long. Travis and Sigmund, they they both lived. He was probably watching reality TV, and not, he got tainted by humanity. Yeah, he was like, like fucking like, fucking Kardashians. He he probably got twenty eight days later. He got the rage. All right, guys. Uh, for Pam Weaver's 60th birthday in 2007, her husband Noel got her a camel to keep as a pet. Halfway to her 61st birthday, Pam Weaver was killed by her pet camel. Cool. <laughs> Weaver, was, <laughs> Weaver was discovered by her husband and daughter at the family sheep and cattle ranch near Mitchell, Australia. Weaver's daughter was in the middle of a cooking dinner. A fresh cup of tea set out on the table when she ran out of the backyard to find a 330-pound camel had knocked her mother to the ground and apparently attempted to mate with her. Jesus. I think it had one too many fosters. <laughs> Ultimately crushing her beneath its weight. She had one uh, definite footprint on the side of her face and another on her arm. Detective Craig Gregory. Hey, uh, Craig hey you Gregory. know those camels like to hump, though, right? Oh, who was present on the scene said, I, I would say it's probably uh, been playing or it may even been a sexual sort of thing. <laughs> I don't think so, Gregory. Sexual rape murder crime? Yeah, so the camel humped her to death. Camels can't get horny. That's got to be an awful way to go. <laughs> it's a double camel joke if you think about it. <laughs> get the hump out of here. <laughs> All right, Seamus, what you got? Uh, on 25th of August, 2010, a Let L410 turbolet passenger aircraft of Philair Airlines crashed on approach to Bandundu Airport in the De- Democratic Republic of the Congo, killing all but one of the 21 people on board. The aircraft was operating a round-robin domestic flight from Kinshasa, Democratic Republic of the Congo, stopping at Kiri, Bogoro, Samendwa, Bandundu at 1300 local time. While on final approach to Bandundu Airport, the aircraft crashed into a house approximately 0.6 miles short of the runway. According to most sources, no one was injured on the ground, but 19 people were killed instantaneously, with two survivors being taken to the hospital, one of whom would later die from their injuries. Of the 21 people on board, only two survived, one a passenger, the other being a legal cargo. The Congolese Ministry of Transport opened an investigation into the accident. There was no confirmation that the fuel shortage caused the crash. The only survivor of the crash stated to the investigators that a crocodile smuggled in a duffel bag by one of the passengers had escaped shortly before landing, sparking panic among the passengers. The flight attendant rushed towards the cockpit, followed by all the passengers, and the resulting shift in the aircraft's center of gravity led to an irrevocable loss of control. The crocodile reportedly survived the crash, but was later killed <laughs> by, the, <laughs> by authorities. Aww. Death by machete. Oh, shit. Damn. You know what, though? That crash never would happen if people were being so prejudiced against crocodiles. All right, just wanted to play. Let the crocodile on the plane. Let him have fun. Right, they should make just, the movie Crocs on a plane. It was just stuffy. He wanted to get out of the duffel bag. Yeah, who the fuck wants to be in a duffel bag? Right? That's a weird kink. 
Crocs on a plane, and then you know one time, like the, that Croc is gonna like some luggage is gonna fall down, and it's gonna have Crocs in it, and they're gonna <laughs> fall on his feet. And he's just gonna keep on walking. It's <laughs> gonna be like son of a bitch. <laughs> we have a movie called My Croc Game where My Croc don't wear Crocs. Then the Croc rebels and does well. That, come home, come home with Crocs. Yeah, you know the fucking comic relief's gonna be in the back of the payment. Like, is that Croc wearing Crocs? Holy <laughs> shit! I think I saw everything. Uh, fun. All right, Greg, you got any more? Oh, yeah. August 2011, uh, 19-year-old Olga Moskalovia and her stepfather, Igor Tingsangov, (laughs) were killed in one of the most horrific animal attacks ever in a remote area of East Siberia. The pair had been fishing and were attacked when they returned to the spot to grab a fishing rod. And you know what it was? It was a bear. They were overpowered. Uh, the stepfather was overpowered first. The broke his neck, crushed his skull. The young woman tried to flee, but was unable to outrun the bear. She managed to call her mom on her mobile phone while the bear was t- uh, taking place. During the phone call, she screamed, Mom, the bear is eating me. It's such agony. Mom, help. The mom thought it to be a joke and then realized the truth when she heard the sounds of the bear growling and chewing. I read this one. That was brutal. Yeah. Police arrived to find uh, both bodies mutilated. The she end. said, it's so much agony. Yeah, I, yeah. I wish, would have wished I didn't pick up that phone. Yeah, the bear was probably stalking when they were fishing, maybe. Who knows? Bears are fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's probably uh, where the bear fishes, and that's probably like, You're eating my salmon. Yeah. I'll eat you. All right, check this out. Speaking of bears. In 1823, this fur trapper stumbled upon a grizzly bear and her two cubs in snowy South Dakota. Uh, his name was Hugh Glass. Hugh Glass was absolutely mauled by this bear, but his partners helped him kill it. Believing Glass was dying, General Ashley and the team left him for dead. Two volunteers were supposed to bury him when he died, but they left early, taking his weapons and gear to rejoin the party. However, Glass eventually came too, with a lot more fight left in him. He set his broken leg and began a 200-mile journey to the nearest settlement. Along the way, he allowed maggots to eat his dead flesh to prevent gangrene and fought wolves for raw bison. But he never did exact fatal revenge on his former colleagues. How would he even fit in a grave with a huge ass? Hugh Glass? Oh, my God. Chowdy! He's a bit of a bubble butt. <laughs> I can't, we can't fit him in. His butt's too big. It's Doug Greg. Okay. You can't bring it back. But. All right, Seamus, go ahead. Um, I just have some shorts from uh, some Reddit stories. All right, go ahead, big guy. Uh, this one from Steven. I was stung in the eyeball by a red wasp. It was two days before I proposed. So in all of our pictures, I looked like I am impersonating sloth from the Goonies. <laughs> Uh, Hillary, when I lived in Austin, I was at my friend's house before I had to go to work. Then as I'm stuck in traffic on 360 going into work downtown, I get bit by something in my pants leg. A few seconds later, another bite. Then a million bites. I'd been standing in a fire ant bed and they crawled up my pants. And once one started biting, they all did. I jumped out of my car and took my pants off in rush hour traffic. Shout out to the Travis County Sheriff that didn't take me to jail because he was laughing so hard. (laughs) This is also the day I found out two things. One, I'm allergic to fire ants. And two, it hurts when they bite your labia. Ah. Hey. Hey. 
I hate it when they bite my labia. My crotch is on fire. <laughs> uh, this one from Anonymous. When I was around seven, my parents raised chickens and rabbits. This one afternoon, I was scooting along on my red tricycle. Out of nowhere, the huge rooster who had, who had had his own harem of chicks jumps on me, pecking and scratching my head and back. Luckily, my dad was outside working on his 64 Impala. He ran over and bitch-punched that rooster off me. We had fried rooster later that night for dinner. My mom cooked it up. It was delish. Was her dad easy? All right. The six four Impala. Only one. I had one. <laughs> Ruth. 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 One existed. Ruth. This one from Ruth. I had an evil pony named Coco when I was a kid. He was given to us because he was an asshole and bullied our friend's horses. If he saw me in the yard, he would chase me down, and if I screamed for my parents, he would stop and act like nothing happened. <laughs> my parents never believed me. He also took off with me on his back tried to lie down on kids when giving rides and bit me when he was getting his hooves trimmed. He would also walk all the way across the yard to fart near us. That my, <laughs> that my parents can confirm. He did that every time he farted. Awesome. After my parents got divorced, Coco was moved out to our land and eaten by wolves. <laughs> my friend still has his skull. I still, I still hate horses. Oh. Uh, another one about horses. This one from Tyler. I was kicked by a horse while on a horse that was trying to mount the horse that kicked me. <laughs> Gee, that must have sucked. Breaks That's a day. That's, uh, you definitely funny. don't want to get kicked by a horse. I'd rather get kicked than fucked by one. I don't know. You might survive the fucking... <laughs> you, get, <laughs> you get kicked by a horse. That's a good would you rather. Would you rather get kicked by a horse or fucked by a horse? Right. Is, <laughs> is there anybody to witness you getting fucked by the horse? I mean... <laughs> if yeah. not, I will never talk about it again. Well, yeah, exactly. That's your only survival. Because <laughs> if you get kicked by a horse, you're probably dead. But <laughs> they, they will probably fuck you to death, too. Broken ribs or something. Find out next time on Animal Attacks Part 2. <laughs> Uh, this one from Wes. I remember having several scary and traumatizing encounters with geese when I was young. I grew up going to the Boys and Girls Club. When I was in elementary school, after school, I walked to the club and walked through Leftwich Park from the club to my house. I got attacked by those pricks almost every day. Once I got older, I got even with those evil sons of bitches. In high school, we had an open lunch period for one hour. We would haul ass to Burger King for $1 Whoppers, shotgun a few beers, chug some whiskey, and head to the park. Once we were there, we would shoot at the geese with potato guns and yell drunken obscenities at them. Jeez. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Damn. All right, that's all I got. I hate to be a bummer. I got uh, one or two more, but just wanted to bring this last one up. Uh, June 2009, two-year-old Chivana Hare was killed by a parent's pet python in Florida. Yeah, that was sad. Gypsy, an eight and a half foot Burmese python, escaped from her aquarium and slithered, in, and slithered into the toddler's crib, bit her on the head and torso, and then obviously just strangled the kid. Uh, the mom was on sedatives, so she didn't hear her daughter struggle the ne in the next room. And uh, Jason Darnell, the stepdad, found the child in the morning with Gypsy wrapped around her. He stabbed the reptile till he could pry it off. Sobbing, he called 911 dispatcher. The baby's dead. Our stupid snake got out in the middle of the night and strangled the baby. This is great. The couple was charged. 
They should be fed the pythons. I mean, what the fuck? That kid couldn't even defend himself. You're going to have this deadly predator in her house. Yeah, the snake wasn't even registered or properly stored. Yeah, it's horrible. Of course, it's a Florida story. And I remember hearing no the Florida about, people. You know, when it happened to it, it was just so sad. Yeah, yeah probably kept pissed, probably kept pissed, the snake in a milk jug. Pissed me <laughs> off. Then pissed me off now. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking hot. See, now someone <laughs> pissed. Now we'll have <laughs> chemistry again. All right. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah, crust. <laughs> uh, let me tell you about Carl Akeley real quick, guys. Considered a pioneer in the field of taxidermy, Akeley was also a biologist, nature photographer, and inventor. In the 1890s, during his uh, hid- during the adventures he documented in his book, In Brightest Africa, he came across the hungry leopard. After he shot at the varmint with a rifle, it pounced on him and caught his arm instead of his throat. This would be the leopard's undoing, however, because it allowed Akeley to shove more of his arm down his throat, suffocating it from inside. While Akeley could have replaced the leopard as a jungle predator after the attack, he just went back to being a scientist, continuing to tribute, contribute to museums and taxidermy. Jesus. It's fucking badass. It's badass. All right, Greg, you said you had one more? Yep. Uh... Uh, Katami National Park, Alaska, October 2003. Uh, Timothy Treadwell and Amy Hewengard. Uh Timothy Treadwell was like the grizzly man. He was like an eco-warrior, you know, fought for yeah. bears and all that stuff. He used to like live amongst them, do all sorts sure. of crazy shit. Um, they went out for filming um, and Willie Fulton, an air taxi pilot, was scheduled to pick him up. And when he arrived at the campsite, uh, he found it to be empty, but he noticed there was like a bear lingering around. <laughs> so he uh, contacted the park rangers, and of course they suspected the worst, and uh, they were forced to shoot the bear. And uh, yeah, because it was an like, aggressive male grizzly in the area, and they found their remains, uh, and they, of course they were torn apart, partially eaten, and there was camera and audio running during the attack. So the, like the bear approached them during the night when they were in the tent and i'm pretty sure the dude got it first and then the girl tried to run and try to fend it off with a frying pan and they said that her screaming is what caused the the bear to hunt her because it sounded similar to a smaller animal so don't scream don't scream when you're getting chased from bears and don't be a blonde just throw some throw some cocaine at it they like blondes all right well that wraps up our talk on animal attacks now stay tuned for some other shit other shit other, other shit, other shit, shit. Other, other shit, other shit, other shit. Hi, Ryan Wilson here from the You Gonna Eat That Crust podcast. Just curious, folks, have you checked out Pop Culture Reflections? It's a dope ass podcast reflecting on all things nostalgic from the 80s, the movies, and even wrestling. I got a chance to check out a few of the episodes, and let me say, they were fantastic. But don't even mention Color Me Bad to the host. He ain't having it. That's right. Check out Pop Culture Reflections, another podcast brought to you by the You Run Podcast Network. All right, we're back. And uh, gentlemen, I just wanted to stay right on topic with these animal attacks. And I have some kind of like uh, a versus battle between animals. I want you guys to come up with the best answer you can. All right, boys, you ready? Mm-hmm. Seamus? Yes, sir. Great. All right, this is a long controversy at my work. All right, we fight about this all the time. Silverback gorilla 
versus a grizzly bear. Seamus, go ahead. Um, damn, I would love to see that battle. Same. Probably brutal. I mean, that shaking the camera impact. Um, now these fights are happening in the wild, right? We're not like Michael Vick. I think no, no, this, we're not organizing. Them. Okay. I think this one goes to the one that was better trained or worked out more. <laughs> Probably the gorilla. And, uh, how much does a full-size gorilla weigh as opposed to a grizzly? I feel I think grizzlies get much larger than the gorilla. Yeah, ever. grizzlies are bigger than a gorilla, I think. Yeah, but if he sucker punches that bear or gets him just right. I'm I'm going with the grizzly bear. There's, we just did animal attacks, and there was like one chimpanzee and like twenty five bear attacks. But I guess these guys are going against people, though, and that's pretty. If, that's easy pickings. Well, this gorilla. What if it's smart enough to use a tool or a weapon? <laughs> He's got like this as a battle axe. I just pictured it like a fucking ninja turtle. It's got like a fucking bandana and like katanas. <laughs> All right. I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, I'm going back with a fucking silverback. Gorilla. I'm just saying, you proved to me that your grizzly can beat my gorilla. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if the gorilla was smart enough to do that trick where, like, he gets a sharpened stick and makes the bear fall on it, you know, that's always, like... He's like, like Braveheart. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's always a good way to end it. Although, I think in the article I read, the uh, actually bear is, like, the dominant in that because of its razor-sharp claws, like, there would have yeah. to be a real specific set of circumstances for the gorilla to fucking take it. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to get fucking slashed open by the bears. Like he was yeah. up in a tree throwing bananas at it or something. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe or a barrel. barrel. Yeah. Barrels. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a couple of barrels and some dynamite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Next one. Gray white shark versus giant octopus. Greg, go. Are we talking like a megalodon? Yeah. Oh, like a fucking great white shark, dog. Yeah, it's true. It is a not great like one. a megalodon. <laughs> How big is a giant? Yeah, are we talking like twenty thousand leagues under the sea? <laughs> I mean, let your imagination be your guide. I'm seeing like a squid, like bigger than the fucking great white shark. So I mean, like it, it like just like wraps its tentacle around it, and, like just pulls it in his mouth. But like, I don't know how big this fucking squid is. You know what? I'm gonna go I, I squid because think- I think there's some phantom menace shit out there like way that we haven't seen yet in the dark depths that we can't go in yeah they got those beaks they don't have mouths they got beaks yo it probably was camouflaged and snuck up on the great white oh shit yeah that's like the movie scene it's like just swimming around like hey what's up Fred how you doing and also the tentacle <laughs> just wraps around it and pulls it down into its nest of mouth and teeth it's what's like, that? you didn't see me it's like the thing from Star Wars the pit yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the sarlacc. Yeah, it's, and then like after it eats the great white, then like this bigger leviathan comes and eats the <laughs> yeah, it's some rancor type thing. <laughs> circle of life. Life is a circle. All right, uh, here we go. Seamus versus a kangaroo. Cool. Seamus, go. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I've been taking some uh, virtual boxing lessons, so I'm ready to get in the ring with a kangaroo. All right. Well, what do you think your strategy would be? Um, you so know, it's quick, like, <laughs> quick uh, jab, jab, hook, 
and then I'm going to duck. All right, sick. <laughs> I, and, that, and then I'm going to, you know, put my foot in the, the bag <laughs> and you just pull it down and lever it up across, you know, over my head and flip it. That the bag air. is endless, dog. <laughs> It'll suck your whole body in. Well, then I become its Joey. Okay. It's bitch. <laughs> well, hold I, a pocket. This isn't happening, right? Where this hasn't been scheduled because I hope it doesn't happen because that kangaroo would fucking annihilate Seamus. Dude, kangaroos are crazy. That one guy punched it in the face in that video because it was fucking up his dog, but those things are fucking jacked and their claws are sharp as fuck. We're talking about not one of the jacked big bodybuilding kangaroos. That's what they oh, are. Those are kangaroos. <laughs> well, the dwarf kangaroo, Greg. Are we? Fair, yes. Are we, Shush, uh, Ryan? I, this is I, Ryan kangaroo. I don't know what kind of kangaroo it is. When I think kangaroo, I think a jack motherfucker. In my claws, I said I wasn't fighting any kangaroos over six feet. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yeah, okay. All right. Well, I mean, All I right, guess no- Seamus is the obvious answer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I've been training for this my whole life. Oh, shit. Sorry, I doubt a shit at all. All right, uh, Greg. Crocodile versus boa constrictor. Go. I'm scared of both of them. Um, You know what? A crocodile would fuck a boa constrictor up. If we're talking about maybe, you should have said a fucking, take that back. Rewind that question. Anaconda? You want me to go anaconda? Yes, I want to go anaconda. Anaconda versus crocodile. Go. And wait, is Ice Cube there? Ice Cube. Jennifer Lopez, John Voight. He's in the the periphery. All right, he's not there. He's thinking about being there. Anaconda don't want none of croc. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I was going to say, do you know when you're saying boas are constrictors? Do they are they do they swim in the water and stuff? They constrict, but well, that is the key word. They constrict, so it's going to constrict that croc the fuck up. Um, but yeah, I would say the crocodile would kill the anaconda. All right, I don't think so. It'd be a good fight though. They'd go at least six rounds. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer. And the hippopotamus would walk out with the the rings. Ding, ding. Round two, round two. Well, that's my next one, actually. Hippopotamus versus rhinoceros. Fucking hippopotamus, dog. Yeah, those things are scary. Yeah, those are hungry, hungry hippos. Have you ever played that game? Their mouths can swallow people whole. And yeah, I hate that game. I like sometimes I like to draw uh, like little rhinos on the on the balls. So they're eating rhinos because that's how much (laughs) they destroy rhinos. Sick, dude. Yeah. I don't know, man. I watched this video of a rhino battling. What the? It was intense, too. Well, rhinos are fucking rugged, too. I've seen them poop, too. <laughs> you see that video where their tails just wagging and just fucking pooping? It's pretty I funny. saw Jim Carrey get out of one. Oh, right out to ass. That's true. <laughs> I remember that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these could go either way. Well, they all say hippopotamus is like the most dangerous animal. Yeah. Yeah, they're up there, you know, with you know some of the more deaths to humans. Yeah, yeah those crazy hippopotamus attacks. I'm surprised we didn't talk about some of those. Well, that's for our next episode. Part two. Yeah, we're gonna, our next step. Our, our next step, or we have our future episode of when tours go wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
They used to have a glass tour in Florida. I used to be so scared to go on it. Like you would like go like over like the river and shit. And you would see like alligators underneath you in the glass boat. And my sisters would always say like, it's going to break. It's going to break. I was like, God I damn it. It could. Totally want to go on one of those like glass bottom submarines and like see all that shit. That's how a horror movie starts. Fuck that. Have you seen Deep Blue Sea with Samuel Jackson? We've all seen Deep Blue Sea. Okay. All right, next one. Here we go. Yokozuna, the wrestler, versus the box jellyfish. Greg, go. What's happening right now? Um, a, a jellyfish? I mean, no, so- box jellyfish, Greg. What the fuck's that? Don't you know anything about our Australian fans who make up 2% of our listener base, Greg? It's the most dangerous jellyfish there is. It's about the size of a fingernail. It can kill you within like seven yeah. minutes. Of Guess stinging. what? That thing's in the ocean, okay? So is this thing, are they fighting in the ocean or is it going to be like fucking out in the dry land is drying up and dying? Because if that's the case, I'll go with the wrestler. But if it's in the ocean with him, I'm going with the jellyfish. Yokozuna's a lot of man, though. How many box get- jellyfish stings does it take? To bring down Yokozuna. Probably like one. <laughs> I, they I probably just bite him on his little penis. What about Yokozuna versus Rikishi? Oh, shit. Did that ever happen? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like Rikishi just kind of picked up as soon as Yokozuna left. <laughs> Yokozuna <laughs> died of massive heart failure. Like, well, send in Rikishi. <laughs> we got his backup. <laughs> He's been waiting for three years to get on this. It's his understudy. <laughs> oh man, yeah, Yokozuna is definitely you know if he if he only could have gotten his cholesterol down, he would totally take out a box jellyfish. Is he gonna box it? <laughs> I mean, uh, Yokozuna is gonna eat it like like his jelly box of jelly donuts. Uh, love that for him. <laughs> all right, and that's all I have. Nice, sounds fun. So we'd like to thank everybody for listening. You're all wonderful, beautiful people. And uh, we appreciate you like oodles. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, following us on all the socials, you know, and find us on the Spotify, Apple pod, all that shit. We got trends of the eighties games. that got terrible reviews and most brutal deaths coming up for our next few episodes. Of course, you know, we're going to mix in a few stuff crusts, I apologize about being so insensitive on animal attacks. We're just trying to have fun here. You know, I hope all the babies live. Edit that. Even baby baby spiders. You know what? Yeah. I've, I've grown, like I said, working in gardens of mean spiders. We get along a little more. Stay out of my house. (laughs) What lays more eggs, a crocodile or a spider? Uh, definitely a spider. And I don't know if I told you guys, but when I was a kid, I caught this spider. It was a wolf spider, caught it in my hand. And as soon as I closed my hand around it, I saw like a little spider come out from one knuckle and then a spider from another knuckle. And then I opened my hand and there was like hundreds of baby spiders all over my hand. Oh my God, that's mortifying. Were you cool about it or were you like, what the fuck? No, I was definitely like a weird bug kid when I was a kid. I'm glad I grew out of it because, you know, uh, I would have freaked dude. the fuck out. Nah, it's chill. It's chill. You know. We trust. We trust. This ends our podcast. Oh, 
I'm glad that he got himself a Darwin Award. I think we bring this one up, okay? Fucking love Steve Irwin. Me and Rigling laughed our ass off and then we get like shot in the head. We're like, oh. <laughs>